Good morning, K First. Um, it is so exciting to be with you on this morning. I just want to honor your pastor this morning, Pastor Dave. Thank you for such um, an opportunity to be with you and the K First family and friends. Just to be here with you on this Sunday morning to minister the word of the Lord. I really uh, want to be really sensitive to the Holy Spirit this morning. I count it an honor and a privilege each time that I come before you all or even have an opportunity just to stand before the people of the Lord to release a word. And so I'm really um, excited about what I believe God has for you on this morning. I know that the heart of your pastor is um, this month has focused on breaking um, the stigmas around mental health. And so I really want to be able to speak to that this morning um, but we know first of all that god is up to something amazing and so with everything that's happening in our world today with COVID 19 and um the killing of george floyd and the riots that are happening around the world we still serve a god that is sovereign and we know that he is always in control you know and as we look at what god is saying this is the hebraic year of 5780 and what is so powerful about the year of 5780 um, versus the 5770s is that we're leaving a period of just seeing and we're entering into an era of speaking. And so when we look at the Hebraic year 5780, we're entering into the years of speaking. The Hebrew letter Pe, P-E, means mouth. And so this is the year of the mouth. And so I'm really happy because this is the year that things we will begin to speak and declare some things and they will begin to happen and so just before i get started um i would like to go just before the lord in a word of prayer and then we'll just jump right in and really hear what god has to say today so father god we just honor you we bless you we appreciate who you are we thank you that you are a sovereign god and there is no other god like you we thank you that we are here today just to be in tune to what you would have to say to your people that these words in my mouth and the meditation on my heart that would be acceptable in your sight, O oh God. And we thank you that uh, not one word that you have for your people today, not one word would fall to the ground, but it would it would be planted in their hearts, it would grow, and it would germinate. And we just bless you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so as I was preparing for our message today, um, my topic is breaking stigma. Um, breaking the stigma of mental health. And our churches breaking the stigmas of the shame associated with it. So I want us to uh, break some things. I want to break the silence around mental health as it relates to the church. A couple of years ago, I did a, a whole series on breaking the stigma. Is faith enough? And so I kind of want to speak to that a little bit today. I want to give you this quote from Charles Spurgeon. If you know about Charles Spurgeon, he was a great preacher. He was a great theologian. And this is what he said. The flesh can bear only a certain number of wounds and no more, but the soul can bleed in 10,000 ways and die over and over again each hour. These are the words from an iconic 19th century pastor and theologian, Dr. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, who spoke about the soul and how uh, we can be wounded in our souls over and over and over again. And nobody knows the depth of uh, the bleeding that takes place within our soul. 
And we sometimes don't know how to address those issues. And so today I want to address some of those issues about the soul, because if the church is to remain a place of liberty and a sanctuary for us, we can no longer hide behind um, prayer is enough or faith is enough. And it is in some degree, but God put so many other things in place to help us with our soul issues and to help us with our mind issues. And so if we're going to be the church that God has for us to be, we have to open up our minds. We have to shift the paradigm of thinking that we can't talk about mental health because it's a taboo or it's a, it's a stigma that is associated with it. And we really have to open up the hearts and the minds of people around how do we approach it? How do we help people? And so I want to come from a biblical perspective today. And I want to share with you a story about me personally that took place in February of 19, oh, 19, oh no, not 19, <laughs> um, that took place in 2019. Last year, um, I was going through a really, really, really rough time. And, you know, some of you may know who me in multiple areas. I run a nonprofit organization. I pastor alongside uh, Bishop Daniel Cunningham at the Empowerment Center, just down the church from you all, just down the street from you all. And um, I have ministries in Africa and, and family. And so there's a lot of things that are always on my plate. Well, this particular year, um, there were some business challenges. And these business challenges really just kind of sent me into a place where I didn't know how I was emotionally or even mentally was going to make it out. And I can tell you that my soul and my mind was in such a distressful place that I really felt like I didn't know if I was going to make it. And I really felt at some point, I felt like I was I was losing um, my ability to think clearly, my ability to make decisions clearly. Um, it felt like the weight of the world was upon me and I didn't have uh, the ability to get out of it. And as I was in this distressed place, um, it really took a toll on me. And it was the grace of God. Everybody say grace of God. It was the grace of God that pulled me through that. And there's a couple of scriptures I just kind of want to share with you in those times of distress as we're talking about it. It says um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And this is the Amplified Version. I absolutely love, love, love the Amplified Version. And it says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, in every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God and the peace of God, that the peace that reassures the heart, the peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds um, in Christ Jesus is yours. And I started to read that scripture and to ponder on that scripture and to let that scripture marinate in my heart um, so that in those times where I was anxious and I was worried, um, that I knew that the peace of God, <laughs> only God's peace could reassure my heart that everything was going to be okay. And so even when we're living in this unprecedented time where people's emotions and people's souls are wounded and their minds are in turmoil or their minds are in distress, we have a God that is well able to comfort us and to, to give us the peace that we need in those situations. And so in that, that another scripture comes to mind, which is 2 Samuel 
chapter 22, verse 7, and it says, In my distress, I don't know about you, but there are times that our soul is in distress. And when you talk about distress, it is it is anguish of the soul. It is extreme pain, mental pain. And sometimes we don't address the mental pain because we're so spiritually deep that we don't address the whole person. And so it says, in my distress, I cried upon the Lord. Lord, I, I called upon the Lord. I cried out to my God. And from his temple in the heavens, he heard my voice. My cry for help came to his ears. There is not a time in your life that you can cry out to God and he will not respond to his children. He will respond to the cries of our heart. And sometimes we're in such a place of secrecy that we don't want people to know the depth of our hurt or the depth of our pain. But I can assure you today that when you call unto our God and when you cry unto our God, he will respond. It said, my cries came into his ears. And it reminds me of the children of Israel when they were enslaved for 400 years. And they began to cry unto the Lord. And the Lord said, and their cries came into my ears. And when, you, when, it, when your cries come before him, he responds to your cry. And this is what it says in 2 Samuel 22 and 17 and 18. It says, and he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of great waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, or they were too mighty for me. And you know what? God is a rescuing God. God is a God of salvation. He will, look, he will draw you out of those uh, strong waters, those great waters. And the waters could be anything in your life. It could be your current circumstances. It could be not having enough money. It could be not being able to pay your bills. It could be a change in job situation. It could be a change in the marital status. It could be your children or it could be your health. It could be anything that is distressing you and causing you anguish. God can, he can draw you out of the great waters. And guess what? He can rescue you from your Strong enemy. And sometimes your strong enemy is the enemy of your mind. It's the enemy of your soul. And so God is able to do that. And so when we don't know where to turn, God is our strong tower. Guess what? When our souls get assaulted, and I don't know about you, but I've had times where my soul, my soul was assaulted. And there has to be a time that we get recovery when our soul has been assaulted. And so when we talk about all of my story and sharing with you what happened last year, I felt like my soul was being assaulted in so many ways. And when we get to a place that all of these things in life are happening and our soul gets wounded and our soul gets assaulted. We must find a place for a recovery, for us to be refreshed and restored and life brought back, life brought back to us. Oftentimes we look at this COVID-19 as um, the stay at home order, but I can tell you in our household, we have embraced that God is up to something. He has given us a time of recovery. He has given us a time of restoration. And if we could just find rest in him, we will recover and we will be made whole. And so when we talk about breaking those stigmas, we're talking about breaking the silence. You know, so many times we we're silent about our pain and our pain goes inward. But I want to talk you today about breaking the silence, breaking the stigma, breaking the cycle, breaking the shame um, that is associated 
with having um, mental health. Some some of us in the body of Christ um, have struggled with anxiety, have struggled with depression, or have struggled with other forms of mental health issues, and we haven't brought it before the church because of the shame in the past that has been associated with it. Oftentimes we have been told, you know, just go and pray about it, or just talk to your pastor about it. But sometimes, and I won't even say sometimes, God has placed professionals in place for us um, that are God-centered professionals that not only can help you through your time of prayer, but can help you be able to process through those difficult places. When your soul has been assaulted and your mind is in turmoil, you need somebody to help you to, to navigate these waters. And with prayer and outside counseling, professional help, then God brings the two together and we're able to navigate some places that we never thought we could navigate. We're able to break um, some, some stigmas off of us and some shame off of us that we've struggled with um, the pain of depression. And I can tell you that it's painful. I've watched Many people struggle with the pain of depression or the pain of anxiety and wonder, did they not have enough faith? And that's why this is happening. But I want to share with you today that it's not because of your faith um, that, that you can't overcome, but God puts um, tools and instruments in place. So I want to talk about a little bit about when your soul is assaulted, how do you get recovery from that? And let's talk about um, our soul being assaulted. And our soul can be assaulted when we, we experience things like depression. And, and where does depression even come from? And we can think about it as a, a depression is a debilitating mood disorder. It, it, your, your mood can be up one day and down one day. It is it, when you experience a lot of sadness in response to life struggles, to life setbacks, to um, it changes how you feel. It changes how you function every day. It could be, it can interfere with your ability to work, your ability to study, the ability to do your job. And when you see people are, are, are struggling with a depression, don't just uh, minimize it for them because it's a true uh, mental health or disorder that we want to break the stigma around and we want to reach out and we want to be able to help those who need our help. And so sometimes people feel helpless and they feel hopeless and they even feel worthless. And so we want to, as the body of Christ, we want to help people and even help ourselves when our soul has been assaulted and we're feeling certain kinds of ways. You know, when we look at this, you know, and we look at David, right? And I love David. I love to share because I believe so many of the Psalms that were written by David were written in a time where he was feeling distress of his soul, that his soul had been assaulted. Saul was chasing after him. Um, he had to leave his family. He had to leave his country. And then we find David in 1 Samuel chapter 30, we find David has left his own country, his own kindred, his own family, and he moved over to Ziglag with the Philistines. And we find him setting up camp in the camp of the enemy to feel like he's safe. Now, I can imagine that that had to be some level of distress, some level of depression that, that, that set up within David's heart because of the continual battle and the continual um, running for his life and the continual persecution. and the conti There was a lot going on. And David talks about being encompassed by death, being chased by his enemies, you know, all of those things were happening. And I am sure that his soul was consistently feeling like it was being assaulted. And when we think about that in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 4 through 6, it said David, when he when David and his men came to town, it was burned 
and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and they wept. They were too exhausted to weep any longer. Now David's wives had been taken as well. And then if you go to the next um, scripture, it says, and David was greatly distressed for the people's sake of stoning him because the soul of the people were grieved. I can tell you that when, as a leader in ministry, there are so many things that come at you. And I am sure as members uh, of any church and, and K-First, there are things that come in your life and it assaults your very soul. And what happens when your soul is assaulted? What happens when you need a place of, of refuge and you need a place of safety and you feel like there is none. And I can tell you, one of the things is that God has taught us and he's embedded in us the ability to be resilient when things come at us, when things hit us, when we're hard pressed and hard trodden and we don't know what direction or which way to turn. I can tell you that God is our shield and God is our buckler. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. And so I can tell you in my distress, when I cried unto him, I can tell you he rescued me. He came down from me. He inclined his ear for me. And I know that if he does it for me, and if he did it for David, surely our God will do that for you. So if you are in pain and in distress in your soul, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything that you're even asking or thinking. He has given us the ability to be resilient. And oftentimes, we don't realize our ability to be resilient, and everybody's resiliency is different. And psychology today says resilience is the inevitable quality that allows some people, when they're knocked down by life, to come back stronger than ever. And I can tell you that life has knocked me down. And I can tell you that God, it's only through God that I have the ability to be resilient and to bounce back and to be stronger than I was before. And so the only way that I really believe that we can be as resilient as we can is that we have a prayer life with God. That his priority is, that his presence is our priority. And when God's presence becomes our priority, it means I am wanting to spend time in the presence of the Lord. I am wanting to spend time in my prayer life. I am wanting to spend time knowing his voice, hearing his voice, speaking and communing with God. And I can tell you when your soul has been assaulted, it is those times in worship, it is those times in his presence that we begin to be refreshed. It is those times in his presence that we we begin to be restored and we can feel the breath of God breathing life back into us. You know, I know that a lot has gone on with the video, the viral video that has gone out with George Floyd saying, I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. But I am saying today, there are many of us out there that are saying, I cannot breathe because of life has happened. But I am here to declare to, to, declare to you today that God has the ability to grow a fresh wind back into you, that he has the ability to blow life back into you. So where you have felt that there has been no life where you have felt that you're dying on the inside. I can assure you today that God is able to blow life back into you. And where you thought you could not breathe again, God will give you the ability to breathe. There can be an exhale. You know, in Ezekiel, 
chapter 37, God said to uh, the prophet, can these bones live again? And the prophet said, Lord, I don't know. You know everything. And God asked him three times, can these bones live? And he said, yes, Lord, they can live. And God said, speak to speak to them. And when God, when he spoke to them, come on, this is the year of 5780. This is the year of the voice that we have to begin to speak to those dead things in our lives. And God said, speak what I tell you to speak. And when he began to speak to the dry bones, come on, there's some things in your life that has been dead for a long time. There's some battles that you have been fighting a long time, but I can tell you when the voice of God begins to tell you to speak into a situation, there is resurrection power in the voice of God. So when we begin to speak what God is speaking, and when we begin to say what God is saying, then the ability for life to come back in dead situations, God can change a dead situation and he can bring life back into it. And when we talk about breaking the stigma around mental health and breaking the cycles around mental health, I can tell you that you may go into some cycles and may, there may be some hills and some valleys and there may be some mountains and some rivers, but I can tell you that God is able to give you life again. And so when we talk about this resiliency, we talk about the ability to bounce back. We can't do it without God. We can't do it without um, praying. And you know, there's something that I was reading. It was so profound to me. I wanted to share a little bit. It says, true prayers are always heard and answered. Wow, true prayers. And it doesn't mean that everybody's prayer isn't true for them, but true prayers are always heard and answered. Deliverance granted is not always according to how we conceive that it should be, or it doesn't always, it's not always answered according to the, the desires that we think, but yet according to the perfect wisdom and goodness of our Heavenly Father. So even though we may pray and we have a concept or a desire of an outcome, God in his infinite wisdom and in his perfect wisdom and his goodness will answer the prayers according to what would be good for us. I have a few more scriptures I want to read to you and then I'm going to um, bring it to a close. You know, it says in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 18, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid or do not be discouraged. I don't care what life has brought your way. I don't care what experience you're having right now. God will never leave you or forsake you. So don't be afraid of where you are in life right now. If things haven't lined up, if things aren't going perfectly or how you plan, I'm going to challenge you not to be discouraged because truly God is with you. And God, if God is with you, he's more than the world against you. David, in his prayer to God, he inquired of the Lord. And I can tell you, this is a time that we must inquire of the Lord. Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, how would you have me um, to be recovered? How would you um, have me to get help? How would you have my soul to be restored? You know, we think of that scripture, Psalms 23, for the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. And I believe so strongly that this is a time that God is restoring our souls. 
David said, um, this is still in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? And shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt overtake them, and without fail um, recover all. I believe that God is saying, Let us pursue after him. Let us pursue after God with our whole heart. Let us pursue after the righteousness of God. Let us pursue after his plans and his purposes. And I can tell you that in those things that we thought we lost, um, those things that we thought were gone, that were taken away from us, our mind, our thoughts, our will, all those things, I believe that this is a time that God will allow us to recover all of those things. A few things that I said, this is a quote by Valerie Cunningham. I had to put that in there. Um, it says, the death of our worship, the death, of our worship determined the quickness of our bounce back. In the secret place of the Most High. Come on, it's in that secret place that we get our bounce back. It is in that secret place that, that we, we worship God in spirit and in truth. And I can tell you what has saved my soul, what, is, what, what has made me whole is my ability to worship God in the hard times and to worship God in the difficult times. And when I didn't know what to say and I didn't know what to pray and I didn't know how to respond, it was through my worship. And I can tell you, I am a worshiper. It is through my worship that I've had the ability to bounce back. It is through my worship that I've had the ability to persevere. So if you're taking notes at all, I would say, write this down. The depth, the depth of my worship determines the quickness of my bounce back. So I want us to take just a few moments as I'm coming to a close. And I felt that it was really important, you know, even as we talked about breaking the stigma around mental health, I believe that the church has to be the gatekeeper. So many people, findings have shown that more than half of clergy encounter persons with mental health or substance abuse problems on a monthly basis. Uh, almost two thirds of the church is believed to feel more comfortable talking to their pastor about counseling than they would a professional. So as a church, we have a great responsibility to be gatekeepers of people's spiritual souls, their spirituality, but also their mental health and their soul, right? And so as the gatekeepers to that, you know, when we go to our pastors for help, you know, I, I'm hoping that our pastors will refer us to professional people that can help us navigate the, the pain in our souls and give us tools to be able to help us. The more that that happens, the healthier it will be. And when I said at the very beginning, God is up to something. God is up to making his people whole and God is up to making his people healthy. Oftentimes we focus only on the spiritual aspect, but we are made up of, we are trichotomy being. We're made up of a body, spirit, and soul. And so we have to pay attention to all three of those areas to be mentally healthy and strong. So we can't negate our physical being and we can't negate the spiritual being, but we have to have all three of them working together to be whole. If you could make some declarations with me, because this is a year of the voice. And if you have been silent, if you've been suffering in silence and suffering in pain, I would dare to you today to step out of that place of pain and step into a place of healing, 
step into a place of refreshing, step into a place of recovery. And recovery doesn't always happen as quickly as we hope it does. But if we can stay true to the course, then recovery is our portion. So if you could just speak a few words out with me today. Um, and these are speaking and declaring, because if we don't speak it, then God can't move on our behalf. So if you could speak out with me, I have the mind of Christ. Come on, I have the mind of Christ. My life is hidden in God through Christ Jesus. My life is hidden in God through Christ Jesus. I am not anxious about life. Come on, declare that I am not anxious about life. Because we just read the scripture, right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and with, with thanksgiving, make your requests made known to God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That is a declaration. The Lord is my light. In the middle of darkness, when I can't see my way, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I am armed with strength for each battle. Come on, for every battle that is before you, whether it's a family battle, job battle, education battle, health battle, for every battle that is before you, you are armed with strength for each new battle. Come on, you own that. I am armed with strength for each new battle. Even when I don't feel strong, I'm armed with strength for each new battle. And last but not least, let's make this declaration. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And so I just want to conclude that his presence is my priority. And I am determined, I, me personally, I'm determined to break the stigma that's associated with mental health and the body of Christ, mental health and the black community, mental health and low-income people. We all have um, a need for God to bring us into a place of wholeness, spiritually, physically, and mentally. So help me be a, a voice to say that God wants his people whole in every area. Let's pray. So Father God, I just thank you that this would be a time that you've spoken to us about breaking the stigma around mental health and realizing that there is no shame in our mental struggles of depression or anxiety or any other mental health issue or challenge that we had. It does not mean that we have not had enough faith in you. It doesn't mean that we haven't trusted you. It just means that you have a different path carved out for us and that healing comes in your presence. And healing comes through other means of professional help. So Father God, we thank you that this shame has been taken out of it. And we thank you that strength is being placed in it. God, as your people today, as they ponder on your word, I pray, God, that those that are out there that may have a struggle or challenge, God, that you would lead them and guide them in the path of the right help. And we thank you for strengthening Pastor Dave and his responsibility doing this. That God, that you would give him great wisdom and great strategies on how to continue to lead. I pray that every weight is lifted off of him, every burden is cast off of him, and I speak the strength of God that will come into his heart, that will come into his mind. And God, we thank you for the perseverance that he presses through the hard places for your people. And we thank you that when you're unifying the body all over the world, and we thank you that you're blowing breath of life back into us again. 
In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, um, K First family. We love you. We appreciate you. And we look forward to um, social relationships um, that have been formed and that will continue on. Amen. God bless.